I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for we the people. And I'm feeling good. It's high noon for Monday, July 19th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. But if that doesn't work, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture and you'll be right there. And I finally got around to putting up logo t-shirts for the podcast a couple of people had asked for those i was like isn't that kind of boring but i guess not so go get them today is the 180th day of barack obama's third term as served by the half-dead demented degenerate ventriloquist dummy fake proxy president joe biden who is overwhelmingly compromised by the chinese communist party the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in american history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth that's hunter biden so congratulations commies you thought you could just take your whole lives off and repeat the slogans knowing that everyone would be like oh yeah i heard that slogan this person must be smart but Turns out that didn't work. And what a shocker that must be. What a strange new world we're in where you can't automatically believe everything on the news, even if it makes no sense at all, even if it doesn't map onto reality, even in the smallest, slightest way. Gosh, how does it happen that you can't just repeat what you're told and always be right? You mean you actually have to check? You mean you shouldn't call everybody else stupid and racist when you don't know what you're talking about? How did it happen, commies? How? And the funniest part to me, at least, probably not to the commies, of this whole way of approaching knowledge and the world around you is that The repeaters of slogans don't just one day stop repeating the slogans unless they have that little light flick on inside their Connie child brains and they say, oh, wait, (laughs) that doesn't sound right. Did someone give me the wrong slogan? Can you guys give me a better slogan that I could repeat? Because these slogans They don't seem right. And then you start becoming a redeemable communist, which is wonderful. That's what we want for everybody. But it's especially hilarious right now because the slogans are getting more and more and more ridiculous, like the pandemic of the unvaccinated slogan. 
or the new reruns of the mask slogan. Crazy Mika Brzezinski just said this this morning. Yeah, and what's frustrating here is that, um, I'll just say it, we're going to end up going back to masking. And that's going to be a huge political issue. We're going to have people fighting in Walmarts about whether or not they have to wear their mask or on planes. We already are. We still are. But we're going to have to go back to masking. And the reason we're going to have to go back to it is because of the unvaccinated. Because they're allowing the variants into this country and they are getting the vaccinated people sick. And the only way to keep it from passing to person to person, if you're not going to get the vaccine, is to wear a mask. (laughs) Got that? The only way that you are going to be able to stop the spread of the coronavirus if you're not going to get vaccinated is to wear something that doesn't work at all. Something with absolutely no data or even like common sense justification. There's no data in the world that says masks have done a single damn thing to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And what could be more obvious? There is no way that a mask could help physically. No way. There's no data that says it helped. They tried to generate some data saying that mask mandates helped. And the CDC actually posted this study that they commissioned. It showed the opposite of what they said, and they still put it out there, just assuming that the headlines would be enough. And usually they are when you're just talking to repeaters of slogans. She also just said that the unvaccinated are allowing the variants into the country as if we just opened up the doors the way the Capitol Police did on January 6th or the way the fake Biden administration has at the southern border. But hey, I have no control over how a virus travels. Sorry, can't take responsibility for that one, Mika. You see, I'm not vaccinated and I don't wear masks and I haven't gotten COVID or maybe I have, but didn't know it. So there's no way that I gave it to someone else. How do I know that? Because asymptomatic spread isn't a thing. Doesn't matter how many times you say it. The WHO has admitted it too. Of course, they had to strike that statement down the next day. But you could go back and find it for yourself if you like. Dr. Maria Van Kerkhove, I believe, is her name. And she said it on either June or July 7th of 2020, if memory serves. Not important. I could find it if I had to. Or you could just go back and listen to the controlled demolition episodes of the podcast where I basically broke down every single story for the entire summer last year. But that's all in there. And the point is that there's absolutely no way in the world that people like me have allowed the very scary variants to come to the United States. That makes no sense. Also, I'm not infecting the vaccinated with the very scary variants, and that's impossible because I don't have them. So I can't give them to you. 
the real problem with everything that Mika just said is that she's admitting that the vaccines don't do anything. If a vaccine doesn't protect you unless everyone else has the vaccine, then the vaccine doesn't protect you. Also, if five idiot Democrats try to escape Texas and then get sick with the coronavirus, even though they're fully vaccinated, that's not my fault, Mika. That's Dr. Fauci's fault. But let's linger on those five idiots from Texas and the rest of the idiots that traveled with them. They went and visited Kamala Harris, who went for a totally pre-scheduled visit to Walter Reed yesterday. It turns out she doesn't have COVID, or at least we're told. But what a shame that would be if another fully vaccinated person still got COVID. Man, that would really shake people's trust in the science, wouldn't it? And we can't have that, can we? Slogan repeaters. But Code Monkey Z pointed out something pretty interesting this morning. And if you don't know who Code Monkey Z is, it's Ron Watkins. In case you're thrown off by internet handles. <laughs> Which would be weird if your name is like official cherry pie or something. But he pointed out that the Texas Democrats left Texas preventing a quorum in the Texas legislature the same day that one of the members of the Texas legislature introduced a bill calling for forensic audits in certain counties in Texas. So it's convenient that they left to save voter rights and no one talked about that part. Are they delaying the passage of that as well? Hmm. I guess they could be. But wait, I don't want to continue any further without wishing a warm Monday. High noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. So happy to see you. I hope that your self-confidence is able to withstand hearing that some of your deeply held beliefs are not actually respected by everyone else. And I know that stings a little bit, but the way to make it stop stinging is to examine those deeply held beliefs and realize that they're not deeply held at all. And I don't even have to have proof of that. I don't need to back it up with a study because if you're an honest person, you can just examine the content of your own beliefs and you'll realize that there's actually nothing there, right? You think, for instance, that voter ID is somehow racist voter suppression. You'll say it. At least you'll say it to other commies. You might not say it around people who may not agree with you because then you're going to find yourself in a situation where the things you're saying are scrutinized and the things you're saying can't hold up to scrutiny. You know why that is? Because you don't know anything about them. So you can't call them deeply held beliefs anymore, can you, Kami? I know, seems mean, but it's going to be okay because we're just going to lead you all through this 
and you're going to come on. You're going to migrate back to America and everything's going to be hunky dory, commie. Because the truth is, we all want you to return. All you got to do is realize what you've done. Get rid of all those stupid and evil child brains, commie thoughts just bouncing around inside your skull like so many little pebbles. Make amends where you need to and then come on back. You're welcome here in America, commie. Just don't be a commie anymore. Perfect. Easy. Problem solved. So this weekend, uh, they did another one of those big conferences, and this time it was in Anaheim, California. And before that conference even started, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene were supposed to be doing an America First rally, and a bunch of people were coming to see them. And a couple of hours before the rally, the city of Anaheim put out a notice that they were not going to be allowed to hold their rally at the private venue where they planned to hold it. And the notice that the city of Anaheim put out said that they had safety concerns about the event and they shared those safety concerns with the private business owner who then agreed with their safety concerns and shut down the event. Now, were there any safety concerns? Of course not. Is the city of Anaheim lying? Yeah. Did they just want to silence people's free speech? Most definitely. And how do you know this? Well, at the end of their statement, they actually said, we believe in free speech. But actually, you know what? I'm going to read it for you. So here's the entire statement. I want you to feel fully informed. A planned America First rally at a private venue in our city is canceled. The city of Anaheim share public safety concerns with the operator, and those concerns are shared by the operator. I wonder if they incentivize the operator to share those concerns. As a city, we respect free speech, but also have a duty to call out speech that does not reflect our city and its values. This is from Mike Leister, L-Y-S-T-E-R, the city of Anaheim spokesman. Gosh, what powerful words. We respect free speech, but we have a duty to call out speech that does not reflect our city and its values. Yeah, commie, you go get them. What a powerful, powerful commie you are. Hey, commie, there's only one problem with your statement. That... Last sentence defeats the sentence before it. You basically just said it's not a safety concern at all. What you're concerned about is people hearing the no-no words. You weren't worried that Marjorie Taylor Greene was going to come out and say, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Oh, now I'm dead. Talking to you guys from the afterlife now. Candyman got me. It's actually incredible that with now, what, four, five years of deplatformings, people still think that they can get away with this. First off, it doesn't work. Let's just say that. It doesn't work. Anaheim was just mad that there were commies on Twitter getting mad at them. 
Anaheim got a case of the Mads and the Sads and then decided that the safety was in jeopardy. Oh, my God. I don't feel safe to Congress. People are speaking. They're saying the no, no words. We know they're going to say the no, no words. So we have to shut it down before they even say them because we're trying to keep adults safe from the no, no words. Pathetic, pathetic commies. Everyone sees you. Everyone sees you. But that's not even the event that I was talking about at the beginning. So let's talk about that event. Clay Clark hosted another one of his big weekends on the Reawaken America tour. And by the way, just a heads up, uh, I think that Clay Clark might be coming on the podcast, which would be awesome. Uh, I'm also planning to do an episode with the man who founded Project Apario who goes by a Raven who cares on telegram and elsewhere. So you may be familiar with his stuff. And there are a couple of special ones that uh, I still have to keep the lid on for now because they're not confirmed. But Mike Lindell spoke yesterday. And since they were in California, he talked about whether or not he thought Donald Trump won California. Is California a red state? There are lots of us who believe that it is. I am definitely one of those people. And I have been saying it since probably late last summer or early last fall. California is a red state. California seems like a deep blue state because California is basically the Petri dish for American communism. And they have been running voter fraud and election fraud programs in California for decades now. Okay. They take over little places one at a time. They get some school board people in, they get a district attorney in here and there. They get some city council members. They knock out like some communist in a small, normally red area. They'll gin up some narrative to support the belief that the communist could have won and they'll steal the election and put that communist there. You do that. Every two years for a couple of decades, you're going to get a whole lot of communists in office because once places turn blue, people believe that they will always be blue because the narratives that come up to support the Democrat Communist Party in those places will always be available. There is always a new narrative that the state media can gin up to support the idea that there are a whole lot of communists in that area, and they are totally ready for a new wave of communism. And this happens in California over and over and over again at the local level, the county level, the state level. And obviously they have had communists representing California in the federal government for quite a long time. And when they're not Democrat communists, they're just Romneys, which is just Republican communists. This is like rhinos, but more accurate, I think. So Lindell said, and I've told you all this before, Lindell believes that his information, I shouldn't say believes, 
Lindell's information shows that Donald Trump, when you take out the machine fraud, is ahead 80 million votes to 68 million votes around the country. And the machine fraud happened in all 50 states and over 3,000 counties and parishes. But the machine fraud doesn't count all of the fraud. Okay, there are other ways that fraud happened. And I don't think there is any way we'll see when all of this is said and done that Joe Biden got even 60 million votes, much less 68 million. What Lindell said, though, is that when you strip the machine fraud out of California, Donald Trump still loses, but a very narrow margin. And then he said when the rest of the fraud is stripped out, he believes that Donald Trump was the winner of California. And if that is true, if Mike Lindell is correct, and I believe that he is, I've said this forever. That would mean that what is commonly viewed as the greatest Democrat communist stronghold in the country is, in fact, not a Democrat communist stronghold. That would indicate that every single blue state is potentially a red state. There are only red states. I have said that since before the election. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's over 45. But truth be told, I think it's 50 and I'll be surprised if it's not. Again, my whole perspective is based off my faith in the American people, in good, normal, decent people to be able to recognize truth and to be able to to look out for their own families and friends and their own community, which means that people find truth and they speak truth. That's the faith I have. And those people exist in what we refer to as blue states, just as much as they exist in red states. Yes, the commies are more in number and their voice is much greater in communist strongholds like California. But that does not mean they are actually the majority. Now, if California is shown to have voted for Donald Trump, the meltdown is going to be extraordinary. I will probably just giggle for three or four solid days. And how will I giggle? Like a baby playing peekaboo who continues to be surprised that there's actually a person behind like the little towel. Oh my God, there's a person again. And then I'll just laugh all over again. That's how it'll be. It'll come in waves. Right when I like slow down the giggling and think, oh, finally, now I can go do something else. It'll just pop up back again. Like, oh, California's red. Ha 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 ha. That's exactly how it's going to be just for three or four straight days. Hopefully I'll find time to eat. But the giggling wouldn't just be because we won California. The giggling would be because that is going to force California and the entire country to reckon with the fact that what they've been taught by our culture is totally, completely 
100% false. Okay. And this is why I discuss the party of false decorum so often, because eventually I will write the thing, but we're talking about people whose beliefs only exist because they think everyone else thinks them. And more than that, they think that all the people they personally want to impress think that thing. And if all of a sudden they realize that they are wrong, then the whole plan of impressing all these people with their beliefs is finished. It just crumbles. It's nothing. How can you impress all of these people you want to impress while everyone knows you're wrong? And that's the real problem. That's why people like Sam Harris and Eric Weinstein, who I talk about all the time, mostly because I really love them both. And I'm extraordinarily disappointed in their total lack of foresight, not to mention the fact that Sam Harris has basically done nothing but host criminals from our intelligence community for the last five years to go on his show and bash Donald Trump. But all of these people's reputations disintegrate immediately. And that's the cost of having never actually examined their views to control for their biases. They never did that. They assumed that legacy media and the experts were telling them all the right things all along. And so they formed the proper beliefs. And because their beliefs have the backing and the authority of the experts and the university people, they feel totally safe to have never bothered checking. And so they didn't check. And they don't believe that the election was stolen, which is becoming one of those positions that I talked about at the beginning. Like, you repeat the slogans? Okay, you're a slogan repeater. Great. Oh, you're going to have the very nuanced and intelligent take on the slogan while still proving the slogan right? Gosh, what magnificent genius that entails. Except it doesn't. And the slogans are being proved wrong over and over and over again. And you would think just for self-preservation, just for the preservation of reputations, they would have backed off that stuff by now. They would have figured out that they were wrong, but they can't do it because if they do it, then they're kicked out of the party of false decorum. The people they wish to impress would begin to view them as enemies and they would rather be wrong and allow that to happen. They think that it's going to be an easier come down if they can admit to that truth just before everyone else does. Because they think that this view is underground. They listen to the media about too many of the wrong things. They think that understanding that the election was just blatantly stolen is this very niche idea. It's just the QAnons. It's just the conspiracy theorists. It's just those racist white nationalist Trump supporters. No, idiots. It's almost everybody except people like you. You're not ahead of the game. Being a week or two 
ahead of that game, jumping that narrative faster than the rest of the people do, isn't an impressive intellect. It's just an admission that self-image comes above being right. So, sorry, maybe you're still impressing the writers at The Atlantic, but there's no non-communist that you're still impressing. And this is the sort of thing that would sting extra for people like that. Hey, guys, Mike Lindell is exactly right, and you all are exactly wrong. How's that one sit? How's that feel? It's true. You don't have to admit it yet. You can still be as behind as everyone else while believing that you are on the cutting edge. Eric Weinstein walked through the portal and found himself right where he was. Hey, bro, I think your portal's broken. Hopefully, Eric Weinstein will come back to reality faster than the rest of them. I don't see how Sam Harris's reputation survives regardless, which is really, really sad for me to say because he wasn't an intellectual hero of mine. Eric Weinstein might be able to figure out a way to wind this back. And he's also, I think, more humble just in his personality that he might realize he's wrong and just come out and straight up admit it hard and try to own it. I could see him doing that. And I hope he does. Because otherwise, I think he's a unique thinker. And we need more of those. So this morning, I was listening to uh, the Red Pill 78 podcast, which I used to listen to almost every day just to see like what that part of the narrative had to say. And I've scaled back on that the last few months because I just don't think his daily show is as good as it used to be. He like chops them up into short segments now. And I don't know if that's to get more ads or maybe he's just super busy. And like, honestly, I'm not trying to like knock the dude. I think that he, he works hard and I appreciate his contribution, but I especially appreciate it when he's talking to really brilliant people and not just trying to make sure he gets his content out. You know, he had uh, Dr. Douglas Frank on who hit, who has appeared in a couple of the Lindell videos and he's done a bunch of speaking around the country and he's really great. Just a fascinating guy to listen to really, really knows his stuff. And he's the guy who took the data in these states and counties around the country and was able to derive the algorithm from the data and then test it back on other counties, proving the algorithm was at work and proving that he had nailed down what the algorithm was really, really brilliant stuff. And there were a couple of really mind blowing things that he said, very good news coming out of Dr. Frank on the red pill show. And the first thing I want to talk about, if you guys want to listen to it for yourself, I'm going to point you to two different uh, times in the podcast. The first one is at 33 minutes and 20 seconds in, and this is on the iTunes version. So I don't know if it's going to be affected by commercials. Uh, if you're checking it out on a different platform, but that's the first one. And then the second one is just a couple of minutes before the end of the episode. 
The first thing he said was that he and Mike Lindell have had teams monitoring elections ever since Lindell got his information. He got the information on January uh, 9th of 2021. And I imagine it probably took him a few weeks to get some teams of people together and figure out what they were going to focus on. But Dr. Frank said that he and Lindell and the people working with them have had teams monitoring elections in real time to derive the packet capture information from those elections and monitor whether or not the same sort of uh, foreign interference was occurring in these smaller elections. So he's not talking about the November 3rd election last year, though we know they already have those PCAPs. And I'm not sure about the January 5th runoff in Georgia. And there was a new lawsuit filed in Georgia today to declare the runoff elections illegal and decertify the wins of John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, who are both just horrific communists who have no business in public office. And I cannot wait until they are not in public office because they should have never even approached being allowed to sit in the Senate. It is just a sign of absolute degradation and corruption of our system that they are allowed to be there. But Dr. Frank said they have been monitoring this the whole time. So I assume that they have PCAP data from a bunch of these primary elections around the country. I wonder if they have them in New York for that disaster of a mayoral race where they obviously tried to pull the same fraud scheme and then fix the problems that they had after the fact. That is just right out on display. It's amazing that people don't understand that election fraud is not only possible, but rampant when they see something like that. But this is going to be another one of those things where they say, oh, hey, yeah, we have it from November 3rd, 100 percent here. You can verify our work. It's indisputable, but good luck. And then they whip it out from other elections. That is going to be absolutely damning. And he has said that they will be divulging this at the cyber symposium in August. And I'm hoping actually that I'm going to be able to get to attend that, which will be awesome just to go up there and be part of what I think will be American history and to get to meet some people, get to report back to you guys about it. So I'm fingers crossed for that one. But, uh, Uh, Douglas Frank said specifically some of those efforts are about to be made public. So I don't know if he means at the cyber symposium, but he indicated that they, that this stuff is part of a strategy going forward, the release of this information. And so I don't know if there's going to be a buildup to the cyber symposium, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were. And that's what he said near the end of the podcast He said there are strategies in place that are about to become public and they're being timed with everything else. So you're going to start hearing all kinds of audits popping up everywhere all at the same time. That is a huge statement. Okay, I know it doesn't sound like one of those things that like, oh, finally, now we know that. Right. I know everybody wants every piece of information to be that thing. Right. Like, come on. I know this is all true, but 
you just can't nail it down for me. No one knows it yet. We can't see it with our own eyes. That's all good. I understand that people are frustrated. And I understand that, pe- so that there are people that think I'm crazy to still believe this stuff. All good. I accept your point of view. I know that a lot of people don't, A, spend the amount of time on this that I do, and B, don't have the same faith that I have. And all that's fine. I totally accept it, man. I totally accept it. I have good friends that are like, dude, I feel like you're right, but man, I can't get on board. Like you just, you haven't nailed it down yet. Okay. I'm totally down with you believing that. All I care about is whether or not people are open. Again, I don't want to convince everybody that I'm right. I want to convince them that the central narrative is not just enough so that they are emotionally prepared for what is about to happen. Or more accurately, for what is going to happen. I don't want to say about to happen because then everybody's like, well, what does that mean? Like a week, two weeks, four weeks? What is it? Well, I don't know. But there's going to be a lot happening between now and the end of the cyber symposium. And if you still feel like you feel today when the cyber symposium starts, I really doubt you're going to feel that way when it ends. But let's focus back on what he said, okay? First of all, There is a strategy, all right? There are strategies in place that are about to become public, okay? That means the work behind the scenes has been done. They have planned for how this will go, and part of that, for sure, is making sure that the public understands and that more of the public is constantly waking up to what actually happened, all right? And that is where all of us come in, right? Learn truth, speak truth, share truth, okay? Understand that you're not going to be able to convince people that you're right if they aren't open to being convinced. Not your responsibility, okay? You cannot convince everyone. You can't even convince all your own family members, and neither can I, and they know me, all right? That's how deeply ingrained this stuff is in people's minds, this way of thinking, this way of trying to understand the world based on what you're told. But you don't have to do that. All you have to do is let them understand that there is another intelligent viewpoint out there. They don't need to share it. They're going to find out regardless. And at that point, The fact that you have spoken truth to them and you have kept yourself open and you have not gotten mad at them means that they are going to be willing to come to you at the point where they need you. And you can do the I told you so thing, but what you really want to do is be open and say, okay, what are your questions? Let me fill out the rest of this for you because I do understand it. And I knew this was true and I gave you the opportunity to listen to me and you didn't take it. That's personally offensive to me, but I understand it. Okay. So just make your amends and then we're good. Ask me anything. That's where I'll be coming from. And I think that that's a good place for everybody to be coming from, but you got to speak truth beforehand. You got to tell them, yes, there's something to this. Otherwise their brains are going to break. But one last thing about Dr. Frank, okay? If you want to listen to the whole thing, 
go ahead and do it. It's totally worth it. I listened to it at 1.5 speed and it was totally understandable and easy to grasp everything. So if you want to save some time, do that. The thing's like two hours and 15 minutes long. But Dr. Frank is a legitimately interesting dude. And not only did Zach, Red Pill 78, ask good questions, but a few of his callers asked really good questions too. If you have the time, it is worth your time. Now let's check in with our good buddy, Garland Favorito. He is one of the attorneys in Georgia pressing the election fraud cases. His organization, Voter GA, is what put out the information last week on Monday that Tucker Carlson covered on Wednesday about all of the extraordinary fraud, the obviously provable fraud in Fulton County, Georgia. So he put out a new statement today. Georgia audit would reveal other counties much like Fulton. That's the headline. Voter GA announced today it has evidence election result discrepancies in other Georgia counties may be worse than those it presented in Fulton County at a Voter GA press conference Tuesday. The revelation came as Voter GA formalized its call for a truly independent forensic audit of all county results for the November 3rd, 2020 and January 5th, 2021 elections. Voter GA first announced support for a statewide audit at a July 5th Woodstock Festival and Parade. I have no idea what that means. On Tuesday, Voter GA explained how a review of newly released public documents led them to amend the Fulton County complaint to add counts for these audit discrepancies. A 60% error rate in the 1,500 plus batch totals for the reported audit results, right? Audit results, not election results, audit results. The audit results were also obviously fraudulent. And that's one of the major revelations of the information he put out last week. Seven falsified tally sheets containing 850 votes for Joe Biden, but zero for Donald Trump and Joe Jorgensen. Over 4,000 ballots that were duplicated in reporting of the audit results. Three days of missing Dropbox chain of custody forms for over 5,000 ballots. Missing tally sheets for over 50,000 ballots that were not uploaded until months after the audit results were initially published. According to Voter GA, a full statewide audit of November 2020 and January 2021 election results should validate voter eligibility. It must also include forensic authenticity, security assessments, and accuracy verification involving physical ballots, scanners and tabulators, and election server images. Voter GA further insisted that any such Georgia audit must be conducted by a truly independent team that has no relationship with any Georgia officials who conducted the elections. Voter GA flatly rejected the suggestion by House Speaker David Ralston to engage the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, stating the GBI has little or no experience in forensic elections investigations was already engaged with the Secretary of State in voter investigations and produces dubious findings in investigations involving government officials. And that's kind of a history of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. There is corruption there similar to the FBI. And just to finish off Favorito's letter, Another complaint involving the November and January elections, Doherty versus Raffensperger, is expected to have its first hearing today. Okay, and that's what I was just referring to earlier. The Doherty case is the one 
that is looking to negate the fraudulent reporting of results in the original Senate elections in November and then the runoffs in January. And now I got to say, I love the way this is constructed by Favorito because it was news last week that David Ralston requested a full forensic investigation of the election. The problem is that he wants the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to do it. All right. And there are corruption concerns there. They're not truly independent. They have relationships with the governor, with the secretary of state. And these are people we know can't be trusted. And same with attorney general. I believe his name is Chris Carr in Georgia. All of these people knew what was going on and failed to act. And a failure to act under those circumstances is an action. All right. They were complicit in the fraud. They are criminals and they should be treated and viewed as such. But the good thing is that Ralston has already made his move. He can't wind that back and say, oh, I guess we don't need an investigation. So the move now is to make sure that the investigation is done by independent auditors who are not looking to maybe find some election fraud, but not any that'll hurt this guy or that woman or that guy. All right. If Brian Kemp is being protected in an investigation, then that means we aren't getting the full truth. And that's the concern that Garland Favorito is pointing to. And I appreciate that. And I hope that the public is going to put ample pressure in Georgia on these officials to get a full investigation that is not at all tied to Georgia's corrupt government. And now you're probably thinking, that's cool, but what is Donald Trump saying? And to that, I have an answer. Here is a statement from the actual president about mm, an hour or so ago. Why won't the Rhino Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in Arizona give the routers? What are they trying to hide? They are fighting for life and death. What is going on? Give the routers. Doesn't this mean that the voting was, despite their statements to the contrary, connected to the Internet? The voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election was monumental, and the facts are coming out daily. Yup, that's true. And Michael Flynn followed up on that and said Maricopa County officials and other county and state officials around the nation who are hiding from the truth or lying to the American people and to themselves. The American public is willing to forgive you if you own up to your mistakes. This doesn't mean you will still not be held accountable, but you will be forgiven. There are always consequences to one's actions, but when you try to deny your bad behavior and get caught and don't own up, you will never be forgiven and your life or lives will be miserable and you will never recover. The truth always rises to the top. And yes, good does overcome evil. May God help you in this time of personal trial because living in darkness for the rest of your life will be pure misery. And I love that, man. I've been talking about that for the longest time. I have been mystified that we haven't had all sorts of whistleblowers coming forward just to try to save themselves or just out of some sense of duty to their country or even their fellow man. You know, this is the biggest crime in history, maybe. Honestly, the most powerful country in the world 
and they tried to steal our election so that they could turn the entire globe into a one world communist government, a communist dictatorship. That is what they wanted. Top down rule for everyone. The 1% or fewer than 1% get to live lives of luxury and total uncaring while everyone else in the world is a slave with no choice, no liberty, no hope of ever moving themselves or their family out of their current lot in life. And what General Flynn is saying is true and powerful. And it's also said from a position of total confidence that he knows how this is going to turn out. Okay. No one is going to be able to deny what happened. And at that point, you would expect even some of the people who are still diehard communists and on the Joe Biden bandwagon, people who are oblivious enough to think Joe Biden is actually doing a good job and actually functioning as a president with authority and decision making capability. Some of them are even going to be mad because they have been used totally. I mean, we all have to some degree, but they have been used and treated as idiots. And sadly, at least in this sense, they are complete and total idiots. But some of them will get mad at these people. And there's going to be nowhere for them to hide. There's not going to be this force propping them up like they have right now. Like Katie Hobbs is almost lucky to have gone first because she has the media and everyone trying to prop her up. Everyone else is just going to get crushed. But you would think just to try to avoid prison or try to avoid ruining their family's names and their children's futures, they would come forward and try to seek forgiveness. Could you imagine being involved in the theft of the country's election on behalf of our foreign adversaries, the richest, most powerful people in the world and the global communist community? That's whose benefit you are working for, commies. Could you imagine getting caught like that and not being able to find forgiveness? What have you done to your children, to your children's children? How are they going to live without hanging their heads in shame? Oh, hey, that's just the, uh, that's just the son of a traitor. That's not going to be nice. <laughs> it's amazing to me that people aren't realizing this and aren't thinking steps ahead. The the confidence that they have is just a product of the impenetrable state media bubble that they find themselves in. They really believe that the censorship and the authoritarianism is somehow going to be enough to keep them safe, but it's not. They don't understand that most of the country already knows what do they think? They're just going to get lost in the shuffle and no one's going to pay attention. No one's going to know their names. I mean, hey, give it a shot, I guess, commies. Good luck. 
But here's the thing I forgot to mention about what Dr. Frank said, or at least I think I forgot to mention it. One of you will know better than me because I'm not going to go back and listen to it right now because that would be a huge pain in the ass. But you just listened to it. So you'll know if I'm right or wrong. And maybe I'm kind of narrating what's happening right now a little too much. But Dr. Frank said that they already have whistleblowers. Okay. And some of the people around the country who would be in a position to know about the fraud in, you know, their area just inadvertently were unaware of it. You know, some of the stuff as far as the algorithms go, the people can follow the the guidelines about what an audit is, for instance, or how they're supposed to run their election, for instance, and still be made unknowingly complicit in the fraud because they could be doing their own job by the book, but failing to realize that the book is actually set up to accomplish election fraud. And by following the book exactly, you are making yourself complicit in election fraud and then failing to call it out after the fact, that's where you really get in trouble. That's kind of just like the I was just following orders excuse, which we're going to hear a whole lot of in the next year. But Dr. Frank said some of these people really have no idea that they were used to these ends. You know, they thought they were doing the right thing. Turns out they weren't. And some of those people have come forward. And that's a piece with what I was saying before about how they have these teams set up to monitor other elections around the country since Lindell's got that data. That requires people in these locations willing to get in touch with the team and say, hey, I'm going to supply you information or we are going to want you to watch this election and see what happens. Because if fraud happened on my watch, I actually want to know about it. And, you know, I guess we'll find out if those people are working in good faith or just trying to save their asses. And I hope they're working in good faith. And if they are, then who am I to say that they should not be forgiven? Right. I guess we're going to have to take it case by case. But if someone could have and should have been aware that a problem existed and they failed to object, they failed to come forward. Sorry, it is what it is. You don't take a position of public responsibility and then fail in your obvious duty to the public and then expect nothing to happen. That's just not how it goes. Public positions are there so that you can serve the public, not so that you can extract power from your position and improve your own lot in life. And that's one of the main confusions that our society has now about what politics are for. People are supposed to be serving the people who put them in office. And how can you even do that when you're not legitimately in office? And that describes probably 90% of the politicians around the country. And I can't wait to get down to those numbers. Every last one of them. Last night, Michael Flynn in his speech at the uh, Reawaken America tour, he named the six senators who stood up and objected to election fraud. And I think I can do them off the top of my head. Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, Tom Tillis, 
Tommy Tuberville, John Kennedy of Louisiana, and then Cindy Hyde-Smith, I think, are the six senators who stood up and objected on January 6th. And I don't know all of their histories. I've always been a bit suspicious about Ted Cruz, but standing up on January 6th is the most important decision in any of those senators' lives, and those six made the right decision. Every other senator, Republican or Democrat, made the wrong decision. And I guess if Bernie's still an independent, obviously he's a problem. But I have said since late December or early January, anyone who fails to stand up to the overwhelming evidence of election fraud has committed treason. Is that too far? Well, we'll see. I don't think it is. And the same goes for all of the people in Congress. And there were 138 of them. So in my mind, those people, for the time being, are all good. And maybe, maybe we can see what happens with somebody like Rand Paul. But all the rest of them are finished. Like, I'll say it again. I don't think that there is going to be a Democrat party at this time next year. Talking about the 2022 elections to me seems silly. The cat is out of the bag. Okay. Fraud has been proven in Arizona. Fraud has been proven in Georgia. They lied about fraud. If you lied about fraud, if you didn't stand up and say, hey, this needs investigation, that's it for you. There's nothing more to talk about. And however much of the country believes it right now, it's going to be way more than that a year from now. They're going to they're have to lock down every place in the nation, censor everyone, and probably round us all up and put us into camps for the Democrats to ever win another election. They might as well just cancel the party completely. And the only good thing Kevin McCarthy has done this year is say that specifically a few weeks ago when he talked about the Democrats taking down statues and canceling people. Maybe they need to cancel the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is the only remaining systemically racist institution in the country. And sorry, commies, if that hurts your feelings, sorry, sorry. It is what it is. You inadvertently walked yourselves into joining a hate movement. I used to be with you much longer ago, but you got to realize what it is you're a part of. There's a reason why they talk about racism all the time. It's not because they're trying to make it go away. But I love what Trump said. I love what Flynn said. I love the fact that Douglas Frank said we have whistleblowers now. These people are going to be credible. They will be believed because they know and they can prove it. And if they are true whistleblowers, if they're not just the variety of people I was talking about, these local officials who just didn't realize that the fraud happened under their watch, if they're people that were engaged and involved and they know the system, they have the email chains, if they've turned that stuff over, that is going to just be lights out for the commies. And this 
one way or another is the direction we are headed in. So don't let anything else distract you. There's going to be a lot of dramatic news coming out. They're just going to launch story after story after story, trying to win the narrative. All they want is narrative wins every single day so that you aren't paying attention when the big news actually comes out. Keep your eyes on the prize. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app, and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!